Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hello, listening friends, and welcome to another episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. As always and forever, I'm Kenyatta, and with me is my friend and co-host and partner in crime, Jack. Hello! How are you? I am well. How are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm doing as well as can be expected. There you go. I could be That's worse. Good. I could be better. I could have woke up rich today. That's how I was going to say. I could have woke up rich and sexier, but hmm, here I am. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would be happy with rich. <laughs> I would be happy with rich and not famous. Yeah. You know, they they say money can't buy happiness, and I say, let me test that theory. Please. Please. At least for one to three years. At least. Or the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Either or. Either or. <laughs> not picky. Yeah, I'm no, thinking. I'm not either. I'm I'm sure that I'm sure it was a wealthy person that said money doesn't buy happiness. A lot of them are miserable and bored. Yeah, because I. What do I know? I'm sure it wasn't somebody living paycheck to paycheck. That part, that parts. Oh boy, but hey, yes, it's another day in paradise, as the uh, as the people say. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I imagine it's got to be worse for you living so close to D.C. and all the bullshit coming from there today. I mean... Did it smell bad? I guess the wind must be going in another direction because I didn't smell it. I definitely heard it. Um, I chose to tune in to the second day of hearings, nomination hearings for uh, the Honorable Katanji Brown-Jackson as Mm -hmm. she... uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. She just goes ahead and clears this necessary hurdle to get her seat on the bench. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I would imagine she'll get it even if it's 51-50, because I doubt Kamala Harris is not going to vote for her. True. So. True. And from what I understand, actually, Republicans really aren't needed for this. So. Yeah. Just needs just, a simple majority. That's it. Just go ahead and get her seat ready. You know, whatever you got to do. I know a uh, buyer doesn't step down for another few months, but it doesn't matter. Just go ahead and start working in her things into the office. So she'd be, she'd be good to go. Just go ahead and make that happen. You send a note to somebody. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, yeah. I, I think I managed to get through a couple hours of the hearings today. And like I said, one of those was <sighs> Cancun Cruise. And yeah. listening friends, if you've been listening to us this whole time, you probably can go ahead and assume our position on Cruise. Um, but if not, let me reiterate, he is a mini uh, and a douche. So that's all I have. I, I can't, I can't even speak his name anymore. I'm done. I, I'm done. I can't. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it'll be over soon. It will. It will. 
I might tune in for a little bit tomorrow. We'll just see how I feel about it. Um, there's a whole lot I learned about um, law. So that was interesting. I can't say I, I understood more than the a little bit, but it was still interesting mm. to watch. So yeah. This is th- yeah. this is probably the first time I've ever watched a confirmation hearing ever, except for like news highlights. This is the time I've right, ever watched right. it live. So, hmm, interesting. I've watched some and not watched others, and I don't know. I guess it depends on what's going on. <laughs> true, true. But yeah, no, I just it was enough to hear. I just I'll say it once and I'll say it again. It's not so much the the Congress people that are the issue, it's the fact that someone elected them into office. A lot of someone's. And they'll always be there. If it's not someone like Cruz, then it'll be the next guy. So Yep, yep. <sighs> but to be to be fair and honest, this is not the most boring thing that I could say I ever have watched. Because any time a Pope dies and they have the cam on the smokestack I'm not even Catholic, and I'm like, is it, did it, did it turn, co-? nope, nope, it's still just gray. Mm-hmm. Did it, oh, oh, god dang it. No, that's like, just, oh. it's just a cloud, it's just a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm not even Catholic, why do I care? <laughs> you got some popcorn out like, did they send it yet, did they send it yet, is it, is it, no, never mind. How hard could this be? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, I've, I've heard of that tradition. I don't, I have, I have no idea. I don't know who it was or what year, but I remember I remember watching that for a little bit, and of course them explaining the significance of it. I'm like, I'm not trying to belittle anything here, but what? That's all I could do. <laughs> what? <laughs> Clearly, they came up with that before the internet. <laughs> it truly, truly. There's a really good HBO show from a few years ago called The Young Pope. Yes, um, you've seen it. That that Pope was kind of douchey. <laughs> but it's Jude Law. Jude Law is never douchey, even when he's playing a douche. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I learned more about the Catholic Church than I ever cared to, and I was completely intrigued. <laughs> that was a good show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm. it was. It was a, it was a great show. Yes. Definitely <laughs> for sure. So, so we have our WTF moments. We do. What is what is it that you'd like to touch on today? Well, I'm going to go with something positive because we're on the brink of World War Three, and Ted Cruz is an asshole, and all of this stuff. So, my WTF is a positive thing. I'm going to revisit the James Webb Space Telescope. They're in the process of aligning all of its mirrors. They got them aligned on their target star. And it turned out that it came back better than they thought it would. The picture is better than what they had expected. And in the process, it discovered something like 25 new galaxies. Holy crap! (laughs) That are just behind the star. Because its optics are so good and the telescope is just that good. Now, it still has like four months of other you know, dialing things in and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was a cool story. And we, the taxpayers, paid a shit ton of money for that. And it's great that it's going to give us better science than we thought we would get. So the WTF moment is sometimes things can work out for the best. 
I would rather have my tax money spent on things like that than giant poster board presentations for Cancun Cruise. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm done. I won't say his name anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, goodness. But that, that's a very good one, too. And once again, that just makes us, as human beings, that in, infinitesimally smaller. Yeah. Oh, it's humbling. Okay. <laughs> it, it really is just to think that all of that vastness is out there and here we are and some punk is mad because he felt she should have given somebody 10 years instead of nine. <laughs> My God, the indignities. <clears throat> the, the horror. The oh, horror. The audacity. <laughs> the chit's pod, the gall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I know it's not much, not a super long, in-depth thing, but I, I still love it. No, that's a good one. That, that's, now it's one of those things, you know how your mind does when you've been busy all day and you've worn yourself out, you know you're going to go to sleep, and then, mm-hmm. boop, all of a sudden your eyes are wide open, like, really? So, oh. yeah, it's one of those things. Yep. It's, one of those, it's one of those existential things that really will keep you up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I dig it though. So what is yours? So for years now, not that I necessarily had a problem. I understand this is a capitalistic society and a royalty check is a royalty check. But yesterday, yesterday I saw yet another commercial that utilized yet another one of my favorite old school R&B slash hip hop songs. It's enough that Geico has used, whoop, there it is. And the actual group that did the song, that was a big fat 90s hit. It was enough that they did that a few years ago. Okay. Yesterday, though, I saw an Instacart commercial that was using the iconic Blackstreet song, No Diggity. And apparently the premise of the commercial was Instacart, you know, put your order with Instacart, get all the right things you need. For this date to impress whoever. And of course the song goes, no diggity, no doubt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to say? You're saying if you get the right groceries, it's a sure thing. What are you trying to say? And why are you using yet another iconic culture song for a commercial? That's why they're using it. <laughs> it's so mundane. I understand reality checks. I get it. But it's so mundane. I was sick. <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> One of the music-wise dumbest things I ever saw. Remember the old kids sing the hits CDs yeah, yeah. they used to have commercials for? Kids, kids Bop, yeah. Yeah, so one of them they redid uh, an Uncle Cracker song. Oh. And the song is about heroin. And the line is, and I'll swim through your veins like a fish in the sea. That's literally referring to heroin. And kids are singing that song. And I always thought, that somebody should have checked the meaning. What is Nine Inch Nails Closer going to be next? (laughs) (laughs) There was a clip floating around online a while back of the kids bot version of Outcast Miss Jackson, which is technically an apology from the baby daddy to the baby mama's mama. (laughs) 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 You see this little blind kid. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. 
And all the baby's mama's mama's mama's. I was weak when I saw that. I'm like, you mean they had the nerve to cover that? That. Yeah. I'm actually, oh. I'm actually a little pissed off at, uh, Andre from, from them because he had to go and start doing acting and shit and they haven't been putting out any music. And I feel like he's sort of screwed us over. In a way, I feel that way too, but I think that was just the natural progression of, of the two of them, that they, they both got to a point where they wanted to start doing other things. I don't care. <laughs> you need another Outcast CD, CD. I do. You need another Outcast album right now. I do. I'm not going to lie, I'm with you. But I get it. Because Andre Benjamin, his government name, has, he's, he's, put, he's put in some good work. In the movies that he's he's been in, I I will not um I won't say he has it, but I would very much entertain another outcast. Um, I would, I would. And, yeah, and I, his acting, I I'm not dogging it. I just need them to go to the studio. I get it. Them and apparently Rihanna. If you want to talk to another another contingency. You know, they need an album from her yesterday, but she's busy having a baby, so, you know, life happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My email address ends in 3000. <laughs> in case you were oh, wondering. I, I kind of did. I figured it was something personal, but <laughs> I am proud to know that that is the exact reason why I am. There but. are two reasons. Andre 3000. And, you know, the joke was always whatever, but whatever, 2,000, and I'm like, well, 3,000 is better than 2,000, right? That's probably why he went with it. Could be. He was a, they've been ahead of their time. Honestly. Yeah. From first album to the last, they've been, I, I wore out their first album. I had it on, was it, was it CD? It might have been cassette first. Woohoo! And then I got, <laughs> but I, I wore out the dog, it was the cassette. I had the cassette first and I wore it out. And then I got the CD, and I practically wore that out too. It was not, a, it was not a game. It was not a joke. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was not a joke. But yes, I feel you. I do. We'll send, we'll send, well, I'll compose an email, and I'll, I'll shoot that off. Yeah. Hey, we're a couple Gen Xers. Make an album for us, bro. I mean, seriously, we're here. We're waiting. We'll buy yeah. it. Whatever. I mean, if you want to do a tour, go ahead. And then entitle the album, This is for Kenyatta and Jack Saving the World. This will help us help the world. I don't see, I don't see the harm. I don't, I don't, I, I agree. I, I think only good can come from it. Well, I mean, what else? Yeah. What else? Exactly. <laughs> I'll go ahead and get that email together. I'll have it up on Friday. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I would, I would expect a, uh, a reply by I, Monday. Monday, uh, November 32nd. Of 2000 and eh. yeah, <laughs> 2000 and, 2000 and it ain't happening. <laughs> November 32nd, 3000. That's when we'll get a response. <laughs> That's right. Oh my goodness. Profession's <laughs> so clean, clean. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so. That's right. <laughs> here's our WTF moments and a little sprinkle, some extra. Some Woo. ADD in there. Yes, all of that. So, yeah, that's how we're starting off this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so um, 
this week we decided to do something slightly different, still an important thing, but we're going to talk about things from uh, our childhood or our past that as an adult you revisit it and you're like, wow, that is cringy as hell now, and that did not age well at all. Like a, mm. it aged like a fine cottage cheese. <laughs> Ew, I have a visual. Ugh. Okay, it's gone. Alright, yes. so. <laughs> yes, and I, I did a little bit of reading when she suggested this. I was like, hmm, there were so many things. <laughs> there definitely are. Ooh, I'm almost embarrassed. Well, do you want to go ahead and Start with one of your things that you saw <laughs> or discovered. Um, it's actually been in my head as one of those things that didn't age well, you know, some years ago. I, I still watch it. But, yeah, I'm like, every time, like, uh, the 1984 John Hughes hit 16 Candles. That is funny because that is on my list. <gasps> oh, I just... Every, I won't say every bit of it is wrong, wrong, but the wrong parts of it are so glaring now. 30 yeah. years later, you can't excuse him away. You just can't. And you can say what you want to about John Hughes. I mean, he was that filmmaker back in the day, especially during the 80s. But this one here, mm-mm. between the obvious, uh, well, the two obvious things, Long Duck Dong, yeah. The uh, Chinese exchange student. And the scene in the parking lot after the night of the, the house party with Anthony Michael Hall's character and, yeah, uh, and the, what's the now ex girlfriend. Jake's yes. ex girlfriend, yeah. Yes. He just sort of gave. Mm-hmm. Problematic as hell. Woo! <laughs> yeah, because. Oh my gosh, computer, stop making noise. Sorry. Um, yeah, the whole, I laugh at Long Duck Dong. I know that I sh- shouldn't, but yeah. he did find love. He did. He discovered he can't hold alcohol. No. But really, the worst part is the fact that the grandpa really only had Long Duck Dong there was so he could do like yard work and housework and shit, right? Yes. The depiction's did. bad. He but he had it that. for shitty reasons. He did. He did. Woo. Because did he say at one point, you should, this kid really knows how to mow a yard. He did. <laughs> and then every time someone would say his name, you'd hear the gong in the background. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. But like every time he would say my new style American girlfriend, I'm, I was weak. I was like, yeah. Oh, God. But, on that note, though, anytime a song mentions the word married, when mm. I sing it, and I've since passed this on to my wife, whenever I sing it, I'll be like, married? How, <laughs> how he says it in the movie, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But even mm. that, compared to what essentially is somebody having non-consensual sex when they're drugged. Yeah. And- Stoned and drunk is problematic. That's putting it mildly. And I just, I can't, I mean, that whole scene really goes without, without saying. I mean, listening friends, if you've seen the movie and you know, 
the thing that's been on my mind, though, to a far lesser extent about that scene is where did Ted get his headgear from? I mean, he did not have it. I mean, but he didn't have it the night before. And they wake up in the back of the car in this parking lot near the church, and he's got his headgear on. When did he go get his headgear? Maybe maybe John Cusack <laughs> had it when he went and visited them beforehand. I don't know. That also, like, that part not good, because then they're recording her <laughs> without uh, her consent. Also true. Ugh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't either until just now, and that still doesn't even include the cringy I need your panties. Yeah, uh, like stalking 101 right there. That whole subplot right there. Just, ooh, when he jumps up in her face in the gym at the dance. I mean, he's like, he's literally right there in her face, like on top of her. She's like, ew. Yeah. And then the, then the fact that, you know, I need to win this bet. Let me borrow your undies. She was like, huh? And then she agreed to it. What in the holy hell? I know. Oh. I know. There's so many things. So many. Even after all these years and the countless times that I've seen it, yes, I still do watch it. Oh, I still watch it when it's on TV, too. But yeah. I'm just like, okay, that that's kind of wrong. The scene where they're all up, I think it's, it's the morning of the wedding, and the grandparents are making breakfast, and you've got the grandma that smokes. She opens up the box of powdered donuts. And blows a whole mouthful of smoke into the box of donuts. <laughs> Just a little extra flavor. That's all. There's all these little things that I'll, I'll keep noticing. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so crunchy. And then when the grandparents show up and the one grandma makes a remark about, uh, how do I put it delicately? Her physical appearance. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I just. And quite frankly, I don't, I don't know if Jake really wanted a deeper relationship or if he just wanted someone younger that he can manipulate better. I'm still on that gray area after all this time. Yeah. Yeah. I really am. But yeah. Yeah. Cringe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's some cringe there. It is. I guess I'll move on to my, uh, first cringeworthy movie from back in the day, and that is the classic also I laugh at it now probably when I shouldn't and I'll watch it, Revenge of the Nerds. Holy smokes. I had a feeling. (laughs) Because at the end, that was flat out rape. (laughs) And in a lot of states, disguising yourself as someone else to trick them into having sex is against the law. So not only is it rape, there's that crime too. There's that. There's out of all the other weird but strangely fascinating things that happened during that course of that movie. That part, that's it that one's never been necessarily a favorite of mine. I mean, it's just it's it's novel to me, I guess, just for the goofiness of, of the time. But right. you get to you get to that part and like it just the whole tone just switches to me. Yeah, because I just don't think that there's a woman alive that after she discovered she was tricked, be like, oh, well, the sex was good, so I guess I like him now. What in the entire boiled chicken sandwich does that mean? Hell yeah. No. And that, that, that was basically the message. Uh-huh. I remember. I remember. Yeah. And I'm like, sister, 
I'm gonna need you to go get some self-respect. Cause this ain't it. Yeah. You know, but when they have like the, what is it, the Greek Olympic thing, that, you know, those scenes are all funny and Booger's hilarious and. Oh my god, he was a mess. And of course Lamar, um, is, is funny, even though that's a pretty cringy depiction of a gay person. Oh boy. I'll tell <laughs> but, you what, them, them headbands he was rocking though. On point. <laughs> yeah. Although it's still, I know I should not find it funny, but I do. There's the part for the Olympics, and Lamar throws the javelin, and he, like, just destroys everybody. And the kid that's, like, 14, who's the uh, aerospace engineer, he's like, I designed the javelin specifically with his limp-wristed throwing style in mind. <laughs> I remember that because the kid had a ball haircut and them big glasses. <laughs> And I know that's wrong, but I've just always found that to be so funny. <laughs> and imagine my surprise when I learned that they make javelins like that. <laughs> yeah. Not for that reason, per se. <laughs> right. They, they make them, they're not like, you know, rigid and straight like that. I'm like, really? I had to go contemplate some things when I found that out. I was like, oh my God, that really wasn't a whole joke. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when they have the, the burping contest and Ogre gets up there and, you know, 99 times out of 100, that burp wins the gold medal that Ogre threw out. But he just, unfortunately, went up against the Picasso of burping, and that was Booger. That dude. And imagine my surprise when he turned up on um Moonlighting. Moonlighting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that that movie was that was in a class of its own at the time. It really was. Yeah. And I also <laughs> always found it funny how the only um fraternity that let him in was the one or was gonna consider them was the one they didn't send the picture to and it was the the tri lab and um, I can't think of his name that's like the, sort of like the guy that shows up there, like the head dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he was in a lot of, uh, I guess black exploitation films. Um, uh, Bernie something. Yeah. And, I can't um, think his last name. Yeah, it, it is. It's Bernie something. He's also in I'm Not Gonna Get You Sucker. He's the guy that had theme music. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so <laughs> he's just there and it's like, oh God. And then they break out the weed and then he's like, y'all are in! <laughs> <laughs> like that part was funny to me that it was a black fraternity. I was like, "What?" Yeah, they were like, why not? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, t- but, that tickled me. <laughs> yeah, but the the panty raid scene, while funny, wrong. The posting pictures of girls under your pie thing, incredibly wrong. And then, of course, raping someone at the end under <laughs> fault. You know. Also wrong. I mean, I'm not going to make an excuse to say the 80s were the 80s, but the 80s were a time of excess ridiculousness in all fashions. So, or in all aspects of that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And how many, how many sequels did they have? Three? There was. Two or three? Maybe even four. Because mm. there was the second one that actually had a theatrical release. And then there were three or four that just went straight to video. Mm, okay. And in several of them, the actual 
Like, three, I think, didn't have any of the original people in it, but I think, like, four or five did. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. I guess they all just needed a paycheck. I mean, it happens. It really happens. As you said earlier, sometimes you need that royalty check. Money is money is money. I mean, you know, I get it. I mean, especially, you know, the entertainment business is a short short shelf life, depending on who you are. So. Yep, yep. Mm. All right, so what's your next cringy thing from our childhood and our past? <sighs> the 1987 romantic comedy Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, who is, everybody may or may not know, is like the, the perpetual Hollywood couple at this point. Yeah. So, like, the premise is... Uh, You've seen it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Goldie Hawn plays a, a spoiled rich uh, heiress that accidentally falls over the side of her yacht, walks her head, gets amnesia, and she's rescued by uh, Kurt Russell's swarthy, <laughs> swarthy handyman who she just cussed out and fired. Yeah. And he makes her believe that she's his wife. And yeah. basically, I won't call this slavery. Because it's not, but uh, we have what kidnapping, perhaps indentured servitude. That's about as close as it comes, and kidnapping, and yeah. um, I, you couldn't you couldn't call it impersonation, but you have like a whole list of things that I I just don't know the legal terms for that that are wrong in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, then they went and remade it like what four or five years ago. They did, and I bypassed that like it was a hot potato. I, I, you yeah. know, I did but too. Even, even now, when I, I watch it, there's some parts that kind of tickle me. But I'm like, how on earth did anybody ever get away with any of this? He brings her home to his four rotten little offspring, and they make her life a living hell, literally for the first few months. And all of a sudden, they fall in love with her. Because, of course, she doesn't know who she is, so she gets used to this life of white trash squalor. And <laughs> yeah, she falls in love with them, and then Kurt Russell falls in love with her for real, and then blah, 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 get the get. She gets found. She realizes, oh, this is what I... And then she's at the end. The money's all mine. We're all yeah. rich. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, once again, I don't think there's a woman alive that would be like, you know what? Yeah, you did this, but I fell in love with you. And you kidnapped me and told me I wouldn't tell me my true identity and maybe clean up after you and your Heathens. spawn. Yeah, your little spawn and your friends. And But we put together this fantastic miniature golf business and, well, I have millions. So, yeah, we'll live in comfort for the rest of the lives until I get tired of you again. What? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> You know, I, I guess I'm not gonna lie. There's some funny moments. Um, is it Edward Colonel that plays her husband? Yeah. The moments that he's got on the boat after she goes missing, and he's not trying to look for her, and he's partying with like some girls and things. He's trying to dance on the boat. Those right. are funny. Those are funny. But the rest of it nowadays is just like I, you literally kidnapped a maid. You literally kidnapped this woman and made her. Your mate. I mean, how long was that really going to last? There was no guarantee that it was going to come out okay. None. 
in the real yeah. world. None. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, overboard cringe is what that movie could have been called. True. And we forgot to do this at the beginning before we started. Mm. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen these oftentimes movies that are older than 20 years, there might be slight spoilers. <laughs> Listening friends, if you haven't seen them, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if our spoiler-ish reviews will put you on them or just turn you off, but if if it's been this long and you haven't seen them, go, go watch them for the cringe. There. Okay. Yeah. There you do go. It, do it for the... Yeah, that's going to be our new thing. Do it for the cringe. <laughs> hey, that, that sounds like a great t-shirt. <laughs> Oh, but yes, that's my my next cringy. Ugh, just thinking about it, I just ugh. So, what's your next uh cringy thing from a blast from the past? Cringy. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with one that for a lot of my female friends that grew up in the '80s love this movie, and this is probably going to make a lot of them wanna go through the interwebs and reach out and slap the crap out of me. And that is Dirty Dancing. <gasps> okay, guys. Um, we're done with this episode. We'll see you maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> and that is because Baby is a minor. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Swayze is not. Is not. <laughs> and I don't mean like 1917. I get that age difference. Like, 27, 16. You bet. You know. You bet. A 10-year difference between 30 and 40, not an issue. No. A 10-year difference between 16 and 26, big issue. Mm-hmm. Big issue. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's not good. That is a, a pretty cringy thing. It is. It is, and I don't care that it was supposed to be set in the 60s. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if I remember why it, the Vietnam War was going on, because I remember her older sister mentioned something about the uh, Ho Chi Minh Trail or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 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 that is, if you think about it too long, it's just like, yeah, was like, Yeah. That and was, the, and uh, the, and to lesser extent, the fact that Johnny, Patrick Swayze's character, was basically uh vacation gigolo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he yeah, entertained he entertained true. the older ladies. That was his thing. That that he did. Mm-hmm. Made a few extra bucks on the side. Yes he did. Hopefully he did not give baby any sort of S T D. Yes. Woo. And her father's a doctor. Yeah. Oh, let I mean, let's not forget the whole abortion storyline, Lord. <laughs> right, right. Oh man. I mean, and, and and the fact that the story is set long before Roe versus Wade. So, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. that was a a back alley abortion. Yes. So. I mean, it'll always have a place in my heart, strictly for the dancing. Because, like, dance is life right. for me, and the dancing is outstanding, but, yeah, those, those, uh, those, yeah, those other things, they're cringy as hell. And yeah. then, of course, 
the waiter who got Penny pregnant in the first place was trying to, you know, make it look like she was a, a hoe. So, yeah, there's that. There's a whole bunch of things. Yeah, there's some things. Yeah. Sorry if I ruined Dirty Dancing for you. Oh, no. That won't yeah. happen. Okay. That won't happen. I'm, I'm, I'm clear on these things. And while I don't, there'll never be a way for, you know, truly justifying, but, um, Jerry Orbach is a gem and That's I true. loved him in this movie. <laughs> yep. And of course, no one puts baby in the car. Exactly. Forever in my heart. Forever in my heart. Boom, boom. <sighs> <laughs> yep, yep. Alright, what's, what's your next cringe from the past? So, you know, Disney has a history. One yes. with they, they have acknowledged it. They, they've taken steps to acknowledge these things and to warn you ahead of time. Hey, these things were made a long time ago and they may be cringy. We're letting you right. know. Yeah. So it was one favorite movie of mine from when I was a wee tot that I watched finally on Disney, maybe like a year and change ago. Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. And they put the cringy warning at the beginning of the movie. And I was like, oh. early in the movie, roughly 15 minutes or so in, um, the crotchety old aunt shows up at the house of ladies' owners mm-hmm. and brings her shitty little Siamese twin cats with her. And the cats do this song. Um, uh huh. Yeah. And it was only years later that I learned that that was an unfortunate, stereotypical depiction of Asians. Yeah. And I absolutely adored that song when I was little. I even have the vinyl story album for that movie in my wow. possession right now, still. I love that song. And then I'm like, that's what that was. It's like it was akin to um Mickey Rooney's upstairs neighbor in Breakfast at Tiffany's. It yeah. was that that was lat level of stereotypical cringe. And I'm like, Yeah. I just and so when I watched it again, finally in its entirety, you know, about a year or so ago, I was like, the magic is gone. It was just gone. I couldn't even enjoy, you know, the spaghetti meatball scene anymore. I couldn't. It was <sighs> It was gone. I was like, yeah, I, I I absolutely get why this is concerning. But, you yeah. know, me being a grade school kid, I just thought it was the cutest thing. And I love cats. So, want me more. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well. A dream deferred. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it, it may like sound like small potatoes, listening friends, but. It was a big deal to elementary school kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to go on to my last one mm-hmm. that I sort of looked up. And as a child, I loved this movie because it involved cars going fast, police chases, Jerry Reed, mm-hmm. his Basset Hound Flash. And that would be the Burt Reynolds classic. Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. I 
you know, grew up watching it, loved it. Anytime it was on TV, watched it. And then four years ago or so, it was on TV and I'm watching it. And then I am like, Sheriff Buford T. Justice is a racist bastard and they do not hide it at all. I mean, it is like full blown out in the open, just shy of white <laughs> sheets <laughs> racism. Yep. And I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the particular scene that I'm referring to or not. I remember, it's been a while since I've seen it. I can't say I remember a specific scene, but I remember his character. And yeah. I know he was, he was trash. So, and, yeah. <laughs> and he was abusive to his son. So there's mm-hmm. that. So there's a scene where he's talking to whatever the sheriff is for whatever county they're driving through. And then there's the big wreck in the sheriff's car with his deputy crashes into like a stream and they're coming out and Buford T. Justice goes to talk to him and he's like, I'm looking for the sheriff. And then this tall black man's like, that's me. And he's like, oh, I uh, uh, was expecting uh, someone different. <laughs> and it's like, hmm. no, you didn't think that a black fellow could be a sheriff. <laughs> and there's obviously more to that. I'm, Sort of, you know, condensing the, the whole scene and everything. But it was just like, oh my god, that is racist as hell. Racist as hell. I'm going to go ahead and put that on my list. Things to watch out of sheer curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way he treats his son like shit is cringy as hell. But mm. that scene is particularly, like I said earlier, aged like a fine cottage cheese. Indeed, or age like a potato or something, some equivalent yeah. of, of that. Yeah. The Burt Reynolds scenes and the Jerry Reed scenes, you know, those are funny. There's not, you know, like racism or anything like that in it. But, oh, my God, Sheriff Buford T. Justice is, is not good. And either Jackie Gleason was a great actor to be able to portray that, or he was digging from something deep. Maybe a little both. I remember, I don't, I don't know that I've seen too many Jackie Gleason movies. Maybe it went a It may have been one of his last ones he did with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Nothing in common. Yeah, but yeah. They played father and son, and they didn't have a real good relationship. But Jackie Gleason's character was dying. I think he had cancer or something like that. It was an interesting movie. I think that may have been one of the only ones I, vivid, I vividly remember of him. Yeah, and doesn't he? Pl- isn't he also in the also cringy, problematic? Um, the movie, what is it, The Toy with, uh, uh Richard Pryor. Richard, Richard yes, Pryor. Yes, he is. <laughs> that is one of the worst. And now I was trying to find that movie because I got in a Richard Pryor movie kick a while back and watched, um, Stir Crazy and Brewster's Millions. And yeah. I was trying to hunt down the toy and I'm like, why do I want to watch this so bad? Yeah. I, I couldn't explain it to myself. So, but yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Brewster's Ooh. Millions isn't necessarily cringy to me if I'm remembering it correctly. It's not. It's They're, just dated. Yeah. Stir Crazy's also dated. There's some cringe in there. Um, but the toy is pretty cringy. And listening friends, um, I'm going to recommend that you don't do a Google search for that because this is the internet and you might not get the result you want. <laughs> if you want to say the toy, Richard Pryor, then you might get it. But just don't do the toy. 
we cannot yeah. guarantee results. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's our fair warning. <laughs> that's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just something about going back and watching things you enjoyed as a kid. And it's one thing, like, say, Clash of the Titans. Love that Ooh. movie as a kid. Ooh. The special effects and the story, looking at it from adulthood, because I remember when my son was like eight, I'm like, I'm going to show him Clash of the Titans. He's going <laughs> to love it. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, this movie is awful. <laughs> You're like, I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> this is this is horrific. And, you know, there are other sort of movies that are like that, or TV shows from when you were a kid, because if you go back and look at, say, the A-Team, oh. you're like, okay, I loved it as a kid. It's kind of goofy. Yeah. But it's not, like, cringy, like Revenge of the Nerds or, you know, some of these scenes from the movies that we're talking about. There's there's a difference between didn't age well because of special effect or, you know, sort of story or how it was acted versus... That's flat out rape, or you know, you're like, there's no questioning this in any way whatsoever. This is what this is, definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's that is racism, or that is you know, and or or like the racism or sexism or misogyny or you know, sexual assault. You know, that covers the whole plethora of things. Yeah, so it, it's almost. It's almost like you're embarrassed that you loved it so much when you look at it through the lens of time. But at the same time, you still love it. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, uh, it's this weird, I don't know, razor blade you're standing on of. It is. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with remembering the things that you watched and you listened to at a time in your life that not to say life at this age sucks, but at a time in life that was a lot easier and more carefree and you more yeah. you have more good memories that you associate with those time periods. And so those things look good to you then. Now, with thirty years experience, you're like, I've seen some things, I may have done some things, I've read some things, this is crap, but I'm a sentimental person. I have a yeah. soft spot still. <laughs> and you can't yeah. help it. You can't, but at the same time, you know better, and you're like, this cannot get done today. Yeah. Not I, today. I think I figured out our t-shirt. I have a soft spot for 80s cringe. <laughs> but I dig it. We're going to throw that one in the pot. So, yes. <laughs> but Yeah, it's just, I understand a lot of times we talk about more serious issues and things like that, but just mm -hmm. sort of with the last few weeks and everything, I kind of felt like, yeah, this is still kind of important, but lighthearted important. It is. In, um, in, in both aspects, yes. Like I said, only for, excuse me, if nothing else, just to, to remind us of how old we are. But also... <laughs> right? <laughs> but also, I guess, just kind of, I don't know, closing the circle, in a way. Like, you probably had so many questions when you saw some of these movies or heard some of these songs or read a certain book and you've gotten to a point now where you're like, ah, oh, okay. Does it necessarily ruin it entirely? Not all the time, but it does kind of make you pause and go, yeah. yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes it's something just as, you know, something just as simple as just bad writing or bad acting like right. Flash Gordon. 
but the mythology of a, of a movie like that is like endearing. Like you can't help it help getting giggly over what was he like an interdimensional hero or some such stuff. But he had the most fantasy blow dried feathered hair I've ever seen. He it's did. Fabulous. And of course, the great uh, coming out of retirement acting job that Sam Jones, who played Flash Gordon in that movie, did. Indeed. In the movie Ted. <laughs> was amazing. Oh my gosh. But like, I mean, that, that movie is chock full of everything wrong. Like, the, how do I call it? Oh, hell, my misogyny. Like, the women were barely wearing anything. But then again, the men were too. You yeah. know, they were barely close. So there was some equality there. But everything about it is cheese. But it it's so funny to watch it. It's still funny to watch it. it. It still amazes me that that movie was able to get Queen to do the soundtrack for it. But not yeah. just like, hey, do you have any songs we could slap on this movie? Like, they had to watch it and then go and write all of the music for it because it is specific mm-hmm. to that movie. And mm-hmm. it is amazing. And still the same thing with the first Batman movie. That is also true. I'm still here wondering why I have not read anything in the trade publications yet that they're going to make a reboot of Flash Gordon. When is that happening? They rebooted and reimagined everything else under the sun from the 80s. Where's Flash Gordon? Where's Flash Gordon? I'm ready for this. Yeah, other than the poorly executed sci-fi show of Flash Gordon that came out in 2004? I deny it. That was it. the last time. You did not I miss deny it. I, deny I watched it. like 10 <laughs> minutes of the pilot and I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I deny it. You can have really good um, remakes of old stuff and really bad. I deny it. However, BSG. Yeah. That no was question. perfect. The reimage was- Battlestar Galactic was perfection. No question. No question. I will argue when someone down on the ground if they say otherwise. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, some things is, some things are good, some things are. And I think it's, you know, I think with the exception of Overboard, I think most of, most of the stuff we've mentioned has not been touched again. Yeah, I, I don't think a Revenge of the Nerds remake is going to be happening anytime soon. Because the whole basis of that movie was these guys being outsiders due to, well, mostly the way they looked, honestly. And then for a few of them, it was personality-wise or just aspects of, of, of who they were. But they weren't on, they weren't nerds, all of them per se, honestly. It was only, was it Robert Carradine? Was that the Carradine I'm thinking of that played the lead I role? think so, yeah. And Him and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Those were like really the true nerds in this. Even the little, even the little genius kid wasn't really nerdy he was just really 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 young so yeah yeah anthony edwards was smart though because he was like okay i made this movie i got the paycheck and he was in the first five minutes of revenge of the nerds 2 and then he never touched that series again oh <laughs> it's like i don't need this i don't need this i have a feeling i'll have a very successful medical drama tv series coming up soon <laughs> yeah and i still haven't gotten over when he died from Spoiler oh. alert, brain cancer on ER. My God, I had tears in my eyes in the episode, and they played Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I was like, no. 
That was the best episode. Yeah. I was so sad to see him go. He's one of my favorites. Heather and I used to go to a chiropractor, and his name was Mark Green. And was, he was it? Awesome. Yeah. Do you want to know the best part? Mm. His wife was named Rachel. Rachel Green from Friends. Jennifer Aniston's character. Well, wasn't his daughter's name Rachel on ER? I don't remember that part. I think she was. But we were just like, we're going to chiropractors that are named after NBC mainstay shows. Now I have to research on the fly. Hold on, listening friends. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought you were talking about when you said Rachel Green. I'm like, wait, wasn't his daughter no. named? I was talking. Yeah. To, so her, that was also. Oh wow. That was his daughter's <laughs> name on ER. Was Rachel? Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I was. I was referring to my girlfriend, Jennifer Aniston. Era. Uh, what's her last name? Green. I guess it was. I don't. I'm not. I'm not entirely up on Friends fandom stuff, but I didn't realize her last name was Green. But yeah, it was also his daughter's name. Wow. <laughs> you see how things circle around? It's amazing. That's right. It's amazing. We've come full circle. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's all I have. I don't have any. I mean, clearly there's a ton of cringe we could bring up if we wanted, but Mm. we don't have the time for that. And I don't think I have the disk space for that on my hard drive. But I don't know. I, I I don't know that I have the. Brain capacity to, whew. Like, yeah. if, I, if I go back and watch any of these, now I'm going to be like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we may do a sequel to this yeah. at some point. That's so, uh, this, maybe mm. this will be a reoccurring theme. Mm. Yeah, the Se- next step. Make a note. <laughs> yeah. So. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm I'm fresh out, so I guess that brings us to the the end of the this week's episode. Yes. So we come to <laughs> the end of the road. Sorry. Keep listening, folks. I I won't sing again. It's my she lighter. Is, yep, she's got a lighter. <laughs> she ain't lying about the lighter. <sighs> so anyway, thanks for listening. Listening friends, and we'll, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll catch you on the next one. Indeed. And thanks for hanging out with us again as we talk about any and everything. Um, as always, it's good to be good. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're good to yourselves and to each other. Yep. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, hit that like button, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable, and we welcome it. If you would like to contact, connect with, or just want to see what we talk about between episodes, you can find us on Facebook under our podcast name, on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, our website, podpage.com, slash Kenyatta-Jack-Save-The-World, 
or email at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. If you would like to learn about and contribute to our chosen charities, you can do so at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a product of Hyper Focus Podcasts.